Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Give me just a minute to set the stage for a story about someone unnamed because God got the glory. Don't lose focus too quickly and don't get distracted. Let me lay the script for a story reenacted. Double X chromosomes, hair wavy and long. Dark olive complexion, maybe humming a song. She has time alone as she walks to the well. In the heat of the day, her legs starting to swell. All the other women, those upright and proper, had come to the well at an earlier hour, but here she is now at the start of our tale, walking unaccompanied, carrying a pail. The miles almost over, she sighs with a huff, knowing the path back will be much more tough. She rounds the last corner, and there, up ahead, someone is reclining. Her heart pounds with dread. The reason she chooses this hour in the day is so for a moment she can escape. She needs just a breath, some time far away from the comments and stares she experiences each day. It's a man at the well. And what's more, he's a Jew. She isn't quite certain what she's meant to do. Samaritans and Jews had quite the feud, reminiscent of Hatfield and McCoy. It's safe to say that their interactions weren't laced with good humor and joy. But it's more than a rivalry this account introduces. It's a history full of betrayals and abuses. And the ground where she's standing isn't just any land. It's in the hold of Samaritan hands. And she is Samaritan and this man a Jew are meeting at the well on either side of the feud. If she heads home now, if that's what she chooses, with no water to show, there'd be no excuses. The animals need water. The cleaning does too. The cooking demands it. It's all she can do. And the thirst in her mouth makes her decision. She straightens a bit with a singular vision. She approaches the well. Why is he sitting so near? And he has nothing to drink from. She fights away fear. Now she imagines herself invisible, unseen, praying that he would do the same thing. She keeps her eyes low and gathers her skirt, removes the stone cover, brushes away dirt. She prepares her jug. She'll be done in a blink. Then he speaks to her. Please, give me a drink. Is this Jewish man crazy? What does he mean? If he touches her jug, he'll be deemed unclean. Uncertain of what her next move should be, she looks at him questioning. Why is he talking so free? The Jews just aren't like that. We know where this ends, yet you're asking me for water like we're buddies or friends? Unshaken, he answers. You should ask me for water. And he adds the word living, making the interaction otter. Where are you getting water? You have no jug. She clutches her bucket, feeling quite smug. Drink that water down, and you'll thirst in an hour. But with this living water, you get Holy Spirit power. <laughs> Please then save me from this daily chore. Give the water to me, and I'll come here no more. I won't have to thirst. She could get used to that. Now where is this water? Where are you keeping it at? Hold on. Just one second. Bring your husband to me. She looked at him plainly. <laughs> what you get is what you see. I'm not married, 
she stated. Here we go again. It's the same conversation that had won her no friends. True, he agreed. But what did he know? You've been married five times, and the new guy's just a beau. Count them all off. One, two, three, four, five. We're never told if they divorced or died. She looked at him sideways because back in her day, no worldwide web could have given her away. You must be a prophet. She was feeling exposed. She quickly redirected to appear more composed. So tell me about worship. We all disagree. Who's right, dear prophet? Is it you or me? A day is coming, is here now, that we've heard of since youth, when true believers will worship in spirit and truth. He cut through her pretense. He'd have none of that. Getting right to the heart is where he was at. He'd laid her life out, plain as can be. When Messiah was whispered, he said, I am he. She'd laid in the bed of six men now, yet still got the audience of a king somehow. Never thirst, not once, not ever again. Is this the state that you're living in? If I'm honest, I would have to admit I can lack satisfaction, I can get restless real quick. But Jesus offers more than sweet tea in a swelter. He gives peace to our minds, to our hearts. He gives shelter. So what about you? What's the story you're carrying? Has he taken hold of your life so you can't help but sharing? Dusty roads, beads of sweat, jug left at the well. She ran to the people she just had to tell. And because of her, because she listened and heard, an entire community was introduced to the word. Immoral, unlucky, prejudged, middle age, had nothing on this woman who was turning a page. She'd heard stories of him, but this secondhand knowledge was something she hadn't thought to acknowledge. But the story of her life, in its tracks, it was halted when she stood before the Messiah exalted. See, in her limited vision, she had thought he sought water, but his true pursuit is God's sons and daughters. Now, she isn't named, and could it just be that she may represent you and me? Imperfect, <laughs> flawed, but walking toward Jesus and finding in that, that his love, it frees us. At the end of my life, let me be unknown and point out instead those crouched at the throne because God gave me boldness I didn't hide from my story, but let Jesus eclipse it with his grace and glory. He trusted the outcast to carry his name. And I am thankful that today he still does the same. The Bible makes it clear he who wins souls is wise. So let's head toward the lost with hope in our eyes. Let's tell them he knows. He's seen where you've walked. He knows all the wrongs. He cannot be shocked. And he's seen the pain too. He's counted those tears. 
He's longed to tear down the demons and fears. And let us never forget from our place as redeemed that we're called to raise others. Let them be esteemed. May I fade into the background with grace and with ease. May my battles be won by the bend in my knees. May our hearts remain soft, tender to the one who knows where we've come from, who knows what we've done, and who draws us in with a love oh so true so that we in turn will show others the truth. His love breaks down walls no matter how strong. Every one of them falls and we must join along. Oh, I hope we can grasp it. I hope we can see that Jesus can use us, whoever we may be. If we are willing vessels who receive and pour out, we can help build his kingdom. There isn't a doubt. Unknown? <laughs> Not really. Her name just wasn't uttered. But when she ran to her people, I doubt that she stuttered. She knew who she was. She saw he did too. And right there in that moment, she knew what to do. She left it all and went to declare that she'd been at her worst, yet he'd met her there. Come on. And now I'm going to take this and move this up here. Because I need one of these. <laughs> one of the things I love about that story, that's found in John 4, is that <laughs> I've got to stop. I, everything in me just wants to start rhyming. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do it. I can't say glory. I just can't. Sorry, I can't do it. But it's found in John chapter 4. Is you see a turning point in this woman's life. that She was just headed to the well doing something simple. But God shows up and it changes everything. It's not, it's, it's something ordinary that becomes beyond extraordinary, but it helps to define, to change a turning point, a redirection of so much more. It's so much more. And I love that because you and I are called to be a part of that. You don't hear of people meeting Jesus at a well anymore. Instead, they meet you and I wherever we are. And that's what it's meant to be. Jesus left and he said this, it's better that I go because if I go, it's better that I go? What? Because he left you and me. And so we get to be Jesus to all those that we see. That's what we get to do. That's what our job is. And one of the things that we do that through is every interaction that we have. It's, it, it's all that we do. It's not meant to be something that we simply turn on and off, but that we leave it running just nonstop, like my sprinklers the other night. Oops. All night, you wake up, like, that's just, it's still going. That's what it's meant to be. It just goes and goes and goes. We keep it going. And yet other times, we need to be intentional. We just, we need to be intentional. 
Because although the woman at the well was just going to get water, Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He knew what the encounter would be. And sometimes you and I need to set and to have some intentionality behind some interactions. One of the ways that we can do that is by doing something that we call around here is having a small group. It's taking something we love, something that's ordinary, and then being intentional with it and saying, God, I want, I want to invite you into it. God, I want you, come be a part of this thing that I love doing. God, I want to leverage it for your kingdom. Use it. What can you do? It can, it can be so simple. It could be as simple as opening your house, hosting a group, and maybe reading a book. It could be going to a coffee, coffee house and just sitting down and talking and then praying at the end. It could be going mountain biking, building relationships, praying, and seeing what God does. But so often we fly by things because we think them ordinary. But let me just tell you this. God wants to show up in the ordinary, in the everyday, in the things that we so often think is mundane. He wants to show up. And if we'll give him opportunity and just be like, God, we want, I give it to you. Just watch what he does. There's no limit. And man, let me just encourage you in this. One of the things that we do through that is small groups. Again, I'm not asking you to add something to your plate. But take the things that you love and leverage it for the kingdom of God. If it's hunting, get together and talk about hunting. If it's sewing, get together and feel fabrics. And <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. Suture something. I don't know. Get it done. But take the things that you love and be like, God, I, I'm going to be intentional about it. Maybe it's a Bible study. Sounds good. Go for it. Absolutely. We're just going to do, you like bonfires. We're just going to do bonfires. We're going to sit down and, and, and we're just going to talk. We're going to roast marshmallows. We're going to pray. If anybody needs anything, that's it. Our mountain biking group, we, we bike. And the thing with mountain biking is like, we get together and it's not like we're like, okay guys, let's all bike together. Everybody stay together. Here we go. Straight line. We don't do this. Like, okay, let's go. Who's going fast? You go and the next. And then, oh, did you fall? And sometimes they fall bad. But you're like, okay, and you get out there and you're just riding, you're having fun. And then we come back at the end and you talk. We hang out for a bit and we pray. Sometimes it doesn't seem like a whole lot of spiritual happens. Other times, people are like, hey, um, you mentioned prayer requests. I didn't want to say it in front of everybody, but this is what's going on. Um, and people open up. Other times, it's the ride to the mountain biking. That we end up in the car and somebody, you, you pick somebody up or you happen to carpool that day and they're like, hey, um, since we're just sitting in the car and they 
pour out like, hey, this is what's going on, and I really could use some help with this, and I don't know what to do, and da 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 It's just mountain biking. But when we, when we are intentional, and we're like, God, use me, it's amazing what can happen. It's so amazing. The story you're carrying needs to be shared. I love it. Don't, don't just sit and watch. We get to be a part of so much. We need to share. And let me just say this. Every one of you has a story. Every one of you has a story that needs to be shared, that somebody needs to hear. Now, I got a picture here. Can you throw that up? This is a picture of an apple tree. Probably seen one before. They're not that amazing. We see them all the time, right? But here's the thing with apple trees. If you just have an apple tree and you just have one, guess what? You won't get apples. Because apple trees won't produce fruit unless they're around other apple trees. You got to be around another apple tree. And not only do you need another apple tree, but if you go to buy an apple tree, they're like, hey, first of all, there's specific ones that you need. There's certain apple trees that uh, don't work with other apple trees. Apparently, they were fighting or something. I don't know what happened. Somebody's feelings got hurt. So they're like, this is the specific kind of apple tree you need around that apple tree. And then you need that to plant another apple tree within, and they'll literally, nurseries will tell you, like, within like 50 feet of the apple tree so that that apple tree can produce and produce well. You and I aren't that different from the apple tree. We're meant to be around, to produce the fruit that God intends you and I to produce, we need to be around some other people. And there's some people that us being around them really doesn't help us produce fruit. And there's others that it does. There's others that it does. It makes a difference. Because understand this, isolation leads to devastation. But not instantly. And here's the thing, we can be around people every day and still be isolating ourselves. We can have a million followers on this social thing or that and still be completely isolated. Our phone can be buzzing nonstop with text. But it's not, they're not the people that are helping us to produce fruit. It's, it's, it's an interaction, but it's not bringing life. We're not bringing it to them, and we're honest, and really, they're not bringing it to us either. We're going through some motions, we're making some distance, but that's really all we're doing. But we're meant to produce fruit. Proverbs 18.1 says this, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He rages against all sound judgment. We're not meant to be alone. We need to be around other people. And when we do, we get better. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need to be around some great people so that we can grow. Let me ask you, how do you gain 100 pounds? Right? I mean, just little by little. How do you gain 200? Little by little. How do you lose 100 pounds? Little by little. And you and I 
That's how we're meant to do it. We're meant to grow and to help others. And so often it's little by little we grow. There's a man in the Bible, you may be familiar with his name is, his name is David. And he's a, a pretty main character in the Old Testament of the Bible. And really, he jumps on the scene when the Israelite army is lined up, the Philistines are on the other side, and they're going to battle, but this, this giant comes out named Goliath. The Bible says that for 40 days he came out and said, send a champion to fight me, but no one would come. And finally, David shows up. He hears it and he says, I'll do it. And he kills the giant. What the entire army refused to do or wouldn't do or couldn't do for 40 days, he shows up and does it. Kills this huge, huge man. We're not exactly sure. Somewhere between 9 and 13 feet tall. Just huge. He kills him. And instantly, everybody knows David's name. They're literally singing songs about David. When they come back into the city, when the army shows up, everybody's already heard the news, they're singing songs. They're comparing David to the king, and they're saying, Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands, even though it was only one. Like, whoever wrote the song can't count, but anyways, it was one. But they're all singing his song, he's popular, it's great. And he's, on, he's, just, he's just up there, right? Like, he did it. He killed it. He killed the giant. He did it by himself. And it's easy. And I think it's like we kind of gravitate towards just like when you find a person that does something amazing, we're like, we're just like, we love it. He's solo. Like, they did it. Didn't need anybody else. Although it was all God. And David knew it. But what we find is it wasn't too long. But 2 Samuel 21 verse 5 says this about David. Once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and, the Israel, and Israel. David went down to his men to fight against the Philistines. He's become king now. Years have passed. So he's fighting, and it says this, and he became exhausted. And I'm going to slaughter his name, but here we go. I'm going to say it fast. That way it doesn't, you can't even tell whether how bad I did it. And Ashibibbenobom. Okay, I didn't say it fast enough, apparently. One of the descendants of Rapha. So Rapha, this is literally one of Goliath's descendants, one of his relatives, another giant, whose bronze spear weighed 300 shekels and who was armed with a new sword. And I guess it's kind of like new shoes. When you have a new sword, like you better watch out because they're really fast or something because it's a new sword. Super important it's in there. But it said that he would kill David. But Abishai, the son of Zer, came to David's rescue, struck the Philistine down, and killed him. Then David's men swore to him, saying, Never again will you go to, out with us to battle, so that the lamp of Israel will not be extinguished. David, when he was on top of the world, he killed the giant. He did it all by himself. Everybody watched. He did great. But then the day came when David couldn't kill the giant. David couldn't kill the giant, but Abishai jumped in and did what David couldn't do for himself. There's days that you and I, we've got it handled. And we're like, I can do it. I've got it. But then there's days that we need help. 
And heaven forbid we're in that moment and there's not an Abishai to come and help. Abishai was there. And David needed it. You and I, we're going to have days that we need help. You may be the strongest. You say, nope, I don't. Let me just tell you. There'll be a day where you're like, I wish somebody was here to help. Whether it's spiritually, financially, in your marriage, healing in your body, whatever it is, you're, you're going to need help. Remember, um, not, not, not too long after we got married, we'd, we'd had two kids. Um, they're just kind of like, surprise, here they are. It wasn't part of our five-year plan, but they were, they, they were there. And we love them. They're absolutely amazing and great, but it, it, it was kind of a surprise. <laughs> and um, Beck was just like kind of thrown into being a full-time mom, two kids. The girls are 13 months apart. Um, and, and so she had two of them, and it was just like super demanding, and she wasn't loving it. I'll just say it that way. She, she was not loving it. And, and I'd come home, and she's like, this, what, it, it just wasn't what she had envisioned. And she's like, well, I'm doing this, and you're out doing that. And, and, and I was just like, yep, we, we get to do this, and this is where we are right now. And, and we were, she, she just wasn't loving it. And I'm trying to talk to her about it, and it's not, and, and just kind of build her up and tell her how great it is and how much fun it's going to be, and you're going to miss these days. And she's like, no, I don't. <laughs> and... And I'm like, man, I, I, I just didn't know what to do. Because um, you can't return kids. <laughs> like, you, you got them, they're yours. And so I'm like, okay. Uh, so I went to a friend. And we're just cruising down the road. And honestly, it wasn't like I, I went to him and was like, I got to go talk to this guy. But we were just hanging out. And uh, I ended up just in the car with him. And I was like, I should ask. So I go, Tom. I said, hey, this is the situation. I said, what should I do? And he looked and he goes, oh, oh, that's easy. And I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> what do you mean that's easy? <laughs> and he goes, um, you're the head of your household. And I said, yep. He said, that's what the Bible says. I said, yep, it does. And he goes, now, is she submitted to your authority? Like, does she, does she honor that? And I said, yeah. He goes, then this is easy. He goes, we're just going to pray. And I'm like, I know prayer changes things, absolutely. But as a husband, I hadn't really stood in that for her. And he's like, you watch as you pray. And he goes, let's pray. So we prayed, and he led me. He's like, you're going to pray that God will change her heart, that God just turns it. So the Bible says that God can turn the king's heart like a water course. He's like, he can turn your wife. Watch what happens. And I'm like, okay, let's pray. So we prayed. And it wasn't instant, but it was fast. That all of a sudden, Becca's like, mm, yeah, I do have the option to kind of go out, but I'd rather, I might take the kids with me. Which wasn't the thing before. Before it was a bit of like, uh, uh, I'm just going to go by myself a little bit like right now. And, and it just switched. And it wasn't just like, oh, the kids grew up because we added three more kids to the bunch. And her heart just changed. I hadn't known what to do. I needed somebody that I could just ask and be like, hey, what do I do in this? 
And it just happened that I was, I was with this guy. I'm like, I know, yep, yep, I've got it. I just, I just kind of, it's a family friend. He's quite a bit older than me, but it's just somebody that I, every now and then, just try to get a hold of and reach out to. We need those people in our lives. Another time I was, we, we were praying about some decisions. We were going to be moving or do we not move and, and changing a job and like, what, what do we do here? And we're like, okay, we're going to stay in this house, we think. But, but we really feel God's calling us to, to help at this church. We're going to have to raise some money for, for the church and to be able to, to do all the things that we want to be able to do there. And, and I'm like, okay, well, let's, should we do this? We're like, yep, let's do it. And we're like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to raise raise some money to do this. It was somewhere between $100,000 and $200,000 that we needed, we needed to raise to do this. And so we took it before the board of that church, and they're like, yep, we think this is great. Let's do it. The leadership, they're like, yep, make it happen. We're behind it 100%. And the next day, this guy, Tom, calls me out of the blue, and no lie, this is what he says. He goes, Samuel, how you doing? I said, I'm good. And he goes, I don't have a lot of time. I'm like, you called me. <laughs> like, really telling me you don't have time? Like, good for you, Tom. Like, have fun. You're important. Like, that's just what I'm thinking, right? Like, what is he doing? And he goes, don't have a lot of time, but do you need money? And I'm like, I'm like, actually, we just got the green light from leadership here, and this is what we're going to do. He goes, great, I'll give you some money. I have no idea. I got to go. Bye. And hangs up. And I'm just like, friends like that. <laughs> Man, I need to find a couple more, but anyways. But what he did right then was confirm what God had already spoken in our hearts, what the church leadership has said, yep, you've got a green light, let's do it, we're behind you, this isn't you doing a fraction thing, let's do it, let's go together. And then he jumps in and God's like, God laid you on my heart, here it is. Let me just tell you something. Small groups is something that we talk about all the time. And it's something super simple, but let me just challenge you in this. Take the thing that you love and leverage it for the kingdom of God and watch what he does. Maybe, maybe a relationship shows up out of that and you get to be an Abishanai. You get to show up and help somebody that needs some help. Maybe you build a relationship in there and God uses you to call, just, just to make a simple phone call because you don't have a lot of time. But you just call real quick and say, I just need to encourage you. And God gives you something to say. And you say it and hang up. And it's just a few words, but it means the world to the person on the other side of the phone. Take some time and watch what happens if you'll put God first. Leverage the thing that you love. Open your home. It's so easy to host. You don't have to do a whole lot. You just have to decide what you're going to do. Maybe you do a, a game night. Maybe it's a Bible study, something you're excited about. Maybe you take the notes from the weekend and you just talk about it. That's all you have to say. This is what we heard this weekend at church, and, and we're just going to kind of talk about it and drink coffee and play games, and you'll lose, or whatever it is. You know, I don't know. But watch what happens when you leverage what you've been given, your gifts, your talents, the things that you love, the things that you do, it doesn't have to be this big spiritual thing. And you watch how God shows up, shows off, and see what he does in your life. Watch the relationships, the laughs, the fun. But what I pray happens is that you, like that apple tree, get a little bit closer with another word believe in faith talk and armor wearing child of the king. 
and you kind of pollinate each other, you rub off just a little bit. As iron sharpens iron and you get a little bit stronger, you, you look at something that they do and you're like, hey, I really like the way you said this about your family. Why, what, what do you do? Why do you do that? And you glean a little bit and they glean a little bit and together you go closer to God. You become better equipped and empowered to do and to be all the things that God has for you. Because this is what I know. You can't do it alone. And neither can I. We need each other. Host a group. Open up your home. Decide a meeting place. Join a group. This is the week. There's a few groups on there now, and it's going to grow over these next couple weeks. Go to the website. It's really simple. Can we throw that video up there? It's really simple. You just jump on our website. You click the little get involved thing, and small groups are going to pop down. You click it, and I'm talking really long because my internet is really slow at the house. All right, so then here we go. You're going to scroll down. If you want to join a group, you're going to click right there. And if you're like, nope, I think I want to host a group, you're going to go just a little bit lower down on the page, and it says host a group. And you click it. If you're interested, it's really easy. A little form's going to pop up. You fill out a little bit of information, and then we'll follow up with you. We'll get some information. We'll help you get it on the website. And then you come and you invite some, a few people. It doesn't have to be people from church. It can be. But it can be anybody. You're like, I love disc golf. Get out there and do that. It could be pickleball. It could be some fun thing. It could be a book club. I'm really excited about this book. And you just dive in it together. You invite God into the middle of it. And you watch what he does. The woman at the well was just going to do something ordinary. And she met God in a way that changed her life forever. God wants to use you. Who knows what he'll do? But will you make time? Will you step out and be like, all right, this is what I can do. I can do something, so might as well do it. And then watch what God does with it. Watch what God does with it. Because that's all, he doesn't need us to be perfect. You're not, I'm not. You got a messy house, it's okay. It is okay. You're like, well, I got to get this done at my house before I have people over. No, you don't. You do not. You do not understand how much you might probably minister to some people to walk into your house, realize it's not perfect, and they can be like, oh, my house isn't either. You do not need it. You can always find a reason not to. You can always find a reason not to. Well, my house isn't clean enough. When we finish this project, we'll all have time. There's, I, can I just tell you something? You finish that project, you want to know what's going to happen? You'll have another project. I don't know if you know that, but they just keep coming. Well, well, then I'll have the time, and then I'll be able to. When the kids get a little bit bigger, they get bigger, and it just shifts. Your energy shifts to something else. Well, I got this big thing. It's going to shift. You will not have time unless you make time. And when you make time, you've got time. We make time for the things that are important to us. I haven't pooped my pants in years. Years. I make time for things that are important. <laughs> Doesn't matter where I am, it's, it's, it's time. We're going to do it. I've never been, I just don't have the time. I just don't have it. We make time for things that are important. Make time and watch what God does in you and through you. I'm not spiritual. That's okay. Just watch what God does. So many of the little things that you just get around. As we're coming into fall and apple trees and apple cider and all things apple, I pray that every time you see an apple, you think about, man, who's around me? 
Who am I pollinating with? Who, who, who am I helping to grow and to produce fruit? What, what am I doing? Am I helping? And are there some people in my life that I can be helping? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? As you're here this morning, before we leave, I want to make sure that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never made him the Lord of your life, then this is your opportunity. I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat, in this room or online, wherever you are, if that's you. And at the count of three, I want you to lift your hands and we're going to pray. You can stay right in your seat. And by lifting your hand, you're saying, God, I want to be yours. And maybe this is your first time or maybe you're saying, today, I just need to commit. I just need to give God my all. I need to, give, I need to go all in. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you. Get ready. One, don't be shy. All the way up. Two, three. Be bold and say, that's me. And today is my day that I give my heart and my life to him. All right, let's just pray with those that have lifted their hands. As you, all of you together, if you say these words, please. And those that lifted their hands, as you say this, make these words your own. Let's pray this out loud. Say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. God, I know, I believe that you died on the cross, that you shed your blood for me. And from now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.